What's going on, NBA fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central. I'm the host here, Hayes, and it's been a wild first week of the season. We got fights. We got rookies having 20-point games. We got 40-point games coming from a lot of different players. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about some of the biggest performances so far in the first week of the season. We're also going to talk about whose season is a make-or-break season for their cores. We're going to see all that and more right after this. Thank you for tuning in to the number one place for your daily basketball fix, NBA Central. Hosted by the one and only CEO Hayes. All right, fans, NBA fans. I want, I, we're going to start this off just talking. First of all, the rep... The, the fight that happened at the Raptors game was just wild, right? The fact that, you know, somebody got tackled to the ground. It's just a, a, a fight at the Heat and, and Raptors game in the first week of the season. Who would have thought that that would have happened, right? Like, tension shouldn't even be that high yet. But, you know, uh, shout out to Caleb Martin and Kristen Coloco who, who got into a tussle, right? I wouldn't necessarily call it a fight fight, right? It was, it was, it was a tussle for sure, but it's just... It's just wild that we're talking about these things already at the beginning of the season. Like, and some suspensions are gonna come. It's gonna come. It, it's kind of is what it is at that point um, so far. But it's just that's just an interesting part. It was just you know watching that and seeing that it was just like you know what with the way that this season has gone already, this is gonna be one of the more tense seasons in the Eastern Conference. And I think that we're seeing that through some of the games so far. Not necessarily tension as far as fighting things like that, but we are definitely seeing like. Teams are showing up to play early. We're getting big games. My team, the Bulls, got blown out last night at home by the Cleveland Cavaliers, a newly put-together team that was missing uh, Darius Garland. And so that, of course, is bringing questions uh, to, to the fan base and things like that. It's just, it's been a wild first week of the season, and we are just getting started. And like I said, the things in tension in the Eastern Conference is just going to continually rise. Uh, uh, so, you know, we have a handful of teams that are still undefeated, only with two or three games played. we got the Boston Celtics that are 3-0, that my team, the Bulls, face. Uh, tomorrow we got the Milwaukee Bucks that are two and zero. The Hawks are two and zero. The Wizards, surprisingly enough, are two and zero as well. And then in the Western Conference, we got the Pelicans that are two and zero. The Jazz that are two and zero. That's another surprising team. Just in how they're using that roster has been very good as well. Um, the Clippers are two and zero. The Portland Trail Blazers. All the all the undefeated teams so far. There are some surprises in there. Some not. Again, with that few amount of games, it kind of is what it is. Teams that are winless. The Los Angeles Lakers. It's going to be a very difficult season for the Los Angeles Lakers, and that is evident. Um, the the uh, Thunder, the Kings, and the Rockets, all teams without wins so far in this young part of the season. They're, they're, for the most part, those are all teams that you do expect to kind of be in the Victor Wimbiana sweepstakes as well. Surprisingly, the Philadelphia 76ers start off their season 0-3 as well. The Orlando Magic, understandably so, are 0-3, and those are the teams that are winless so far. In the Eastern Conference. Again, what does that mean one week into the season? Nothing. Take it away. Throw it away. It really means nothing in the long run. But it is just interesting to talk about and to see where teams sit so far early enough. We already know there, there's going to be several teams that, like the Boston Celtics last year, maybe have a so-so start to the season, but really turn it up after the All-Star break as we gears more towards the playoffs. So it's it's interesting to watch for some teams. And we'll talk about some teams that are in make and break seasons for different reasons here to end the show. But a very interesting overall. But I do want to talk about the first three games from Paulo Banchero. The, the person who's probably more than likely going to be Rookie of the Year. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, 61% shooting from the field. Then he had a 20.12 rebound and 3 block game. And then a 23.5 rebound, 3 assists with 2 three-pointers made game. Paulo Banchero's offense is in, right? It, it, like, he is going to be a great offensive big in this, in this NBA 
How he how he grows defensively, I think, is going to be the biggest question for him because if he can, beco- can become a solid defender, which he hasn't necessarily been terrible on the defensive end yet uh, for the season, but again, that te- that's a team that's not going to win very many games more than likely this season. But to see that growth and development from him has been key, and I think that it, it says a lot in just that they made the right decision with him. And he's going to be one of those players that, listen, yes, if you have a player that has that type of offensive um game and even if his defense comes around but you know how to then build your roster going forward you can build a roster with defense around him and him and Wendell Carter just are combining so far to be a solid front court then when you throw in Franz Wagner as well this team this Orlando Magic team is a team that they are kind of rejiggering some things getting rid of some pieces adding pieces that fit better together um that Mo Bamba contract we'll see what that turns into that he's still coming off the bench hasn't really had the impact that he had last season but kind of understandable when you've completely kind of change the direction of your roster. But I think what the Orlando Magic have in their young core there is definitely a core that you can see them keeping several pieces of that. And if they learn to play together, they feel together, that this is going to be a team that their their ceiling is, the sky's the limit for their ceiling, really, really when you think about it. Um, and I really do like what they're doing. Again, that hasn't translated to wins. And I don't know if, even if they want it to translate to wins because this is a team that, if with Paolo on that team, with Franz on that team, with some of the younger players that you have on that team as well, if they're able to continue growing, Cole Anthony's had a solid season so far as well. As you look to those players to continue grow, if you can end up adding like a Victor Wimby onto this, I don't know if they're going to have it. They're going to be as low as the standings to get that. This could very well be a team that we're talking about being a team that we're not expected to, to be in the playoffs. It's a team that we're looking at in the next three to five years that is going to make noise in the East and make things difficult for other teams in the Eastern Conference, like I'm very high on their roster overall, especially specific pieces of it. It sucks that some of them came from my team in the Chicago Bulls, but looking at, at the Orlando Magic, like I said, while it hasn't transferred to win so far, I'm really looking at this roster and I'm thinking they got a nice balance here, a nice balance. You need to add in some more defensive specialists, things like that. But this is a team that very much as they're, lo- they're learning to play together, as they're learning the, the, to hopefully win over the course of, the, of this season and the next couple of years, this can definitely be a dangerous team in the Eastern Conference going forward. Now, Paul George had some big nights, especially with Kawhi Wall out. Uh, he put up a 40-point game as well when they acknowledged him. Great stat line from Paul George. And the Clippers, overall, I don't know how to feel about the Clippers and what they are because the health is the biggest thing with the Clippers, right? If you could bet on the Clippers being fully healthy, you would. You have to look at them as being a, a Western Conference finalist by chance, right? They're 2-0 in the season so far, but it's just like how much – is this like when is health, if it becomes becomes a thing for this team, when is it going to bite them in the ass? And it feels like that may come at some point. But again, the Clippers fully healthy are going to be a dangerous team in the in the um in the Western Conference. And it's a team that, you know, it's a fun team to watch. It's definitely one of my league pass teams. Now, when you get to the Luka Doncic in his game, 32 points, seven rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, two blocks. Um, and he's six and one against John Moran. The Dallas Mavericks are a team that I really don't know how to gauge, right? Had big performances from Christian Wood in, in a game or so, this one. Luka, even in that game they lost to the Suns, um, looked, looked well. And we know what Luka's going to be. We know what he can be and what he can mean to this team. But it's like, is he going to get the support from the rest of the roster for them to go on a real run and possibly make it to the finals? We'll see. Um, it's, they're in a similar situation to when they had Dirk. It's just like, you, you, you have a team you, they, they've constantly tried to do new things to bring in new talent, tried new combinations, things like that. They brought in Kristaps. He didn't work. They brought in Spencer Dinwiddie. Now they have Christian Wood there. 
they're constantly trying things down in Dallas, but it, it, it doesn't ever really turn into like for surefire making this team a contender. Um, they're a contender by the nature of having one of the best players in the NBA on the roster. But outside of that, like seeing what they do and things and how it continues to develop for this team is going to be interesting to watch one and one so far on the season. But I wanted to mention um, his production so far as well. All right, let's get into what kind of the main topic is and the last thing we're going to talk about on this episode of NBA Central. And that's teams that are really in make or break seasons for their core before the season before. I mean, well, for their core before they have to make a decision on going a different way with the roster. And one of the first ones is the team that I just talked about, and that's the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that this is a make or break season for them because you can only deal with and try to bet on health so much before you have to make some wholesale changes if the team is not able to stay healthy. And while, like I said before, if you could bet on health for this team, this would absolutely be a team that you can expect to make at least the conference finals, is not the finals overall. This is a, a team that I think that if it just doesn't work this season, while they do have Paul George, while they do have Kawhi, while I don't necessarily think they're going to trade either one of those players, that you do have to look at and say, all right, do we have to make some other decisions here? Do we have to maybe go after some better players to bring in and, and, and pair with these guys? Because we just can't bet on the health of this team. When you look at like what they have, Reggie Jackson, John Wall at the point guard position, solid. Paul George at that, at that shooting guard position, solid. Uh, Norman Powell, Kawhi Leonard at that small forward position, solid again. But can't you bet on the health of Kawhi Leonard? You just can't at this point in time. Having uh, Marquise Morris, Nicholas Batum, again, solid. Robert Covington, solid. Zubak, I'm really high on Zubak, by the way. I really do like Zubak. But it's a roster that you still have to look at, and you're like, all right. But, like, there's so many question marks up and down this roster as far as health. Kawhi, Wall, um, uh, Batum for sure, Covington. Like, there's so many question marks as far as health with this team. It's like, I do think that this team may look to make a big deal this upcoming offseason or maybe at the trade deadline if it's not quite where we want it to be. And I do think that the clock is ticking on this core. The clock is ticking on how much longer they can try to wait on this team to be healthy before they just have to go a different route or make a different decision. Let me know down below what you think about that one for the, for the Los Angeles Clippers. As well, by that same thing, the Phoenix Suns. I think when you look at the Suns team, the fact that how far they went when they first came together and then last season and then even at parts in, in the Dallas game this season, sitting Chris Paul in the fourth quarter. Um, do they make a decision if DeAndre Ayton just isn't working down there and there's still those those issues? Do you make a move from there? I'm looking at the Suns because at some point this Suns team is going to have to look and say, listen, Chris Paul has been great for us. He's been good to great. And we like the pairing. We like how it's really changed this team and the dynamic of this team of bringing in Chris Paul. But at some point, we Chris Paul's aging. You can't hang too much of your future on Chris Paul. You, at some point, this team is going to have to make a decision on if it, if they're going to continue to try to compete now or they're going to try to bring in some younger pieces to fit more with the timeline of players like Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Cam Johnson, things like that. Or are they going to have to make a decision? They're one on one on the season. Again, even if they were 0-2 on the season, it's way too early to say that they're going to pull the triggers for sure. But I do look at this as being a team that is on that precipice of they may have to make some serious decisions about their core going forward, in my opinion. And I'm gonna, the next one up, I'm going to put my team on the list. The Chicago Bulls. And while I'm still very high on the makeup of this team, I'm still very high on players like Patrick Williams. I'm still very high on, on what Io DeSumo can do. The, the thing that's with this team is that it's not bad enough to where they can even try to get uh, a, one of the top picks in, in, the, in, the, in the draft to really try to maybe bring in or, or enter the victor when beyond the sweepstakes. Again, way too early in the season. I'm not saying this team isn't going to be a playoff team, but the fact that they're a team that isn't a championship contender, 
and they're they're too good to be a team that you can expect to necessarily make it out the playoffs unless things just go wrong. They're going to have to make a decision at some point. Are we going to go fully in on winning now, meaning that maybe trading some of our younger pieces for veterans or whatever else? Or are we going to be this team that we're going to try to to get younger and, and maybe up our draft picks? They don't have their own draft pick this upcoming year. They could possibly have the Portland pick. So we may not see that happening this season. But I do think that this is a team that as they get closer, right, it's going and them looking at the outlook of this roster, a lot of great, a lot of solid young pieces. Right. Io, Dalen Terry, solid young pieces. Kobe White, we don't know what his future is with the team. Marco Simonovich, what's going on with Marco? And then P will being the biggest question mark, passive P as I've come to call him. Like this betting on this this young core is you can only go so long. And then they also have like this where they don't really have a lot of size. Um, Patrick Williams being the starting forward, which may be over with. Then you're looking at a six-four guard becoming the starting power forward if it's not Patrick Williams. This team may make to have make may have to make some decisions sooner rather than later on this core on if they really continue want to continue to try to bet on that potential of a P will other team that I'm putting in the Eastern conference is that is the Charlotte Hornets. Now I did have Charlotte Hornets high in my Victor Wimbiana sweepstakes, because I think if you add Victor Wimbiana to a LaMelo ball, things can change very drastically for that team. But even then miles bridges, we know what happened with him. He's gone. Doesn't look to be coming back. So that was a piece of their young core. That was a solid piece in that, that, for the right reasons, right? I'll say with that, I agree with him not being in basketball. I think he needs to stay away from basketball. But with that being said, and now since you have Terry, you have Scary Terry out there, you have Gordon uh, Haywood out there as your starters, and sometimes that may just, you may have to ship off to try to bring something in. P.J. Washington, a player that I really do like. Uh, you also have Mason Plumley, Mark Williams down there, still other young players. Kyle Ubre still there. Book Knight, who I'm not high on. I don't know why Book Knight plays as much as he does at times. But you may have to make a decision to actually Maybe move some of those pieces, move off of those to bring in some more talent. And if this team is fighting for a playing spot or damn near or even out of the plan, as we get into the latter part of the season, they may have to make some serious decisions about their core uh, going into the offseason. And then the number one that I'm putting on this list as well, and we're going to end it here, is the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie, we already know, free agency coming up. Kevin Durant, who tried to force his way out. You have uh, Ben Simmons down there who is such up and down. And he's a good player overall. I do like Ben Simmons, but he's just a player that it, it, you have to use him in such a specific way usually. They've been experimenting with him at the four. Um, but this is a team that I do look at as saying, yes, you were dealt a hand that you didn't expect with James Harden asking out. They gave into their players and so many of the deals that they made. And I'm glad that this team, for one, did stand up against the player empowerment movement when Kevin Durant asking his way out and basically said, hey, no, you're going to deal with it. You're under contract. You're in your first year of your extension. You asked for a contract. I mean, a trade before you even got into the, the pay that we're giving you with this extension. We're going to listen. If we move you, it's going to be by our own decision. It's not going to be because just because you wanted to. But that decision may be coming for this team if Kyrie doesn't leaving. If Ben Simmons and that experiment of him being the starting four does not work, this team may look to do something. We already know Kevin Durant may want out. You got Joe Harris down there who's, who's still okay, right? But this may they may make decisions at the trade down there. It may very well be. If this team is not coming together by the trade deadline or they're one of those teams that are maybe fighting, God forbid, for a, a play-in or playoff spot, you may see serious decisions made about this team's core that we necessarily didn't expect last year around this time. 
So we'll see. That's my list on teams that I think it's make or break for their cores this season as far as keeping those cores together. Let me know what you think on that one down below. That is it for today's episode. Still don't have any social media for the show, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can share it down there. We also have the podcast side, which the link is in the description for the podcast for NBA Central. That is it for us for today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, But that's it. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break. <laughs>